For The Daily Princetonian, I'm Eden Tashomo. And I'm Lena Kim. You're listening to Daybreak. In this special episode, in honor of the three-year anniversary since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic, Daybreak, alongside the rest of the Prince, reflects on the pandemic's impact on the university and student life. Today, we look at students who took a gap year, but more specifically, how some international students spent their pandemic gap years serving in their home country's military. It's Monday, March 13th, 2023. For most students at Princeton, serving in the military is an option and a choice, but certainly not an obligation. Students at Princeton with U.S. citizenship have multiple ways to engage with the U.S. military while continuing their studies. Princeton boasts Reserve Officers Training Corps, also known as ROTC, and three branches of the military, the Army, Navy, and Air Force. The university hosts its own Army ROTC program while offering programs in the Navy and Air Force in collaboration with neighboring Rutgers University. All this, the university says, embodies the unofficial motto in the nation's service and the service of humanity. It's highly unlikely that any Princeton student with U.S. citizenship will be required to serve in the military. While nearly all men are required to register with Selective Service or the draft within 30 days of turning 18, the U.S. military has been fully voluntary since 1973. Congress and the president would need to reauthorize the draft in a time of need for it to take in effect. However, despite the country's involvement in multiple conflicts over the past 50 years, it has never once been reactivated. While military service will likely never be mandatory for most Princeton students, for some, it is a reality. International students who hold citizenship in countries with mandatory military service requirements can still be held to that commitment, despite attending school abroad. While students in most countries can delay their service to pursue their education, that decision can be complicated by postgrads' pursuits and aspirations, leading many to choose to complete the requirements sooner rather than later. Countries including South Korea, Israel, and Singapore mandate their citizens to serve in the military. In South Korea, all able-bodied male citizens are required to perform military service between the ages of 18 and 35. Recently, South Korea's service requirement has made headlines when internationally famous K-pop group BTS entered a hiatus until 2025 in December, as their oldest member Jin began his 18 months of service, with the other six members expected to join in close succession. I sat down with three Princeton seniors from South Korea, Simon Park, Jake Kim, and Hyunsung Yoon, about their choice to serve in the military during undergrad, what it was like to serve during the pandemic, and veteran life on campus at Princeton. Hi, my name is Simon. Hi, uh, my name is Hyunsung Yoon. I am Jake Kim. My Korean name is Jun Ho Kim. I started serving right before the pandemic began. So I didn't actually decide to do it during the pandemic. As you mentioned, I enlisted in October of 2019, which was a few months prior to uh, some of the first outbreaks. This is actually a funny story. I was going to apply for a specific program in the South Korean army that allows me to serve in the U.S. Uh, base in Korea. And you only get one chance to apply, and it's a lottery-based system. I forgot the deadline during my freshman year, so I didn't want to apply for other positions without having applied to this first. So I waited another year to apply for this program, and luckily I got in. So because I got into this program, I was very thrilled, and that is why I left after my sophomore year. And then when I came out of my basic training, the unit commander started handing out masks for us to put on. I hadn't seen the news for eight weeks, so I didn't know what was going on. It turns out there's a novel virus that just 
sprang up in China and was starting to spread in Korea. I believe at the time there was the 12th case in Korea. And soon enough, we were being impacted just the same way that I would assume all the Princeton students were being affected on campus. Simon, Jake, and Hyunsung all entered the military in the fall of 2019, after their sophomore years and before the pandemic began. For Simon and Jake, they saw spending their time in the military service instead of enrolled at Princeton as an upside. I always phrase my experience in the military during COVID as not the best time to serve in the military, but it was probably the best place to be. So what that means is my experience would have been better if I served at a different time, for sure, because I was also um, locked down on base. I couldn't visit home. I had additional restrictions that made my life harder. But I've also seen other friends, people I knew that were stressed out even more from all the online learning, all the confusion they had to go through because of COVID. And I think I was impacted less because of the tight confinements of the military setting. So I think it was one of the best places to be like at the time. So that was something that I didn't expect. But I think it was actually pretty good that I did my service during the pandemic because I didn't really miss out on the university experience. I did not have to do online classes. So when I came back from my service back to Princeton, it was all back to normal so I could have a normal school life. Yeah, with that being said, how would it have impacted your life if you did your service at another time, do you think? I think if I did my service earlier, it might have been a, a bit too overwhelming for me because I don't think I had the maturity level. And if I had done it a little later, then I don't think that would have been too good for me either because it would have been past the pandemic. So I would have missed out a lot on the school experience during the pandemic and miss out on another two years. So I think it was actually a good timing for me that I went when I did. I guess it definitely would have been a little bit more convenient and comfortable because I wouldn't have these uh, weird restrictions that didn't allow me to visit home or to dine at any places outside. But at the same time, then I would have, have had to go to school during the COVID years. And I don't know if I would have enjoyed uh, taking classes at 3 a.m., as a Korean international. As Simon mentioned earlier, COVID did not make military life easier. Just like the rest of the world, restrictions were imposed on everyday life. Here's Hyunsung on the impacts he encountered. The impact it had varied somewhat. At first, it was kind of, you know, just the obvious things like base leave was restricted. We weren't allowed to kind of take these shorter weekend or, or day-long trips that were usually allowed. As the pandemic kind of worsened, you know, there were various policies implemented, like you couldn't sit next to each other at mealtimes, you had to wear a mask. A lot of, of cleaning and sanitization procedures were implemented. And I guess the biggest thing was just the vacation policy was changed so that you couldn't take leaves as frequently and you kind of had to go all at once. I don't think those were necessarily bad things. Um, there was one policy, it was called where you could use whatever days of vacation you couldn't use because of the COVID pandemic and apply it towards the end of your service and just kind of get an early discharge, which was great. We also asked them each what their roles were in the military. So I was in field artillery, which kind of funnily was the one thing everyone told me not to do, but it's all random. And so I was assigned to a field artillery unit in Paju, 
which is Donggito. It's northwest of Seoul. Yeah, so I just started out as a as a grunt artillery crew member. I we field these uh, 155 millimeter howitzers. They're basically like cannons, I suppose you could say. And yeah, that was my job for a while. I was a gunner in that crew, which meant I I got to like aim the gun. And then towards the end of my service, just because of COVID. I had to take on a couple more responsibilities. I, I was I served as a section chief for my crew at one point. But yeah, that was it. It was just a lot of, of digging, a lot of carrying shells and stuff. It was fun. So I think my experience in the army was especially unique because I served in the demilitarized zone um, by the North Korean border. Um, the work was pretty tense because obviously it's a very tense environment because we're still technically at war. North and South Korea, and yeah, so the workplace was very tense, and uh, the hours that we worked were different each week. There were night shifts, sometimes we would have to work from like 12 a.m. to 8 a.m., then the next week we worked from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., then the next shift changed to 4 p.m. to 12 a.m., and so on. And so it really messed up my sleep schedule a lot, and I think that really required a lot of discipline. There are currently approximately 500,000 uh, active duty uh, Korean military, and approximately 80% of that belongs to the Army, and the rest belong to the Air Force, Navy, and Marines. And out of the Army, there is a very special program called the KATUSA, uh, which is a shorthand for the Korean augmentation to the United States Army. During the Korean War, peer-headed by a former Princeton alum, first president of South Korea, and um, the idea is to have Koreans, our, uh, soldiers, implanted in different units of the U.S. Army that are stationed in Korea so that they can integrate more naturally and also fight together. We also wanted to know how their experience in service affected their personal views on patriotism towards South Korea. Yeah, I think it's a question that everyone in the Army kind of grapples with because I think people are, most people are, patriotic to an extent, but having to kind of spend two years of your life at a time when you could be doing other things with your life. But in a way, some people could see it as sacrificing two years of their life. And I think that might seem a little burdensome and it might affect their patriotism in a negative way. But I think for myself, I think serving in the army if anything, maybe a little more patriotic, especially because I served on the North Korean border um, and I was watching over North Korean soldiers with a high-tech surveillance device and doing such important work for my country, I think, made me feel more proud of protecting my country. Yeah, so I think it really affected my patriotism in a positive way. So Korea definitely has one of the strictest uh, regulations about mandatory service, considering that we were still technically in war against uh, North Korea. And I think for a while, people have been trained. Uh, I don't know if like indoctrinated can be used without like a negative connotation, but like I've been kind of instilled this ideology of like having to be on guard against North Korean threat uh, because half of the population serve in the military. And I think it really does generate some kind of a uh, unity among the population, which is pretty unique to South Korea. I don't think I see that too often in other countries. Because I was working with the U.S. Army, I think I also was able to see kind of the stark like difference between the Korean Army and the U.S. Army. I 
viewed that opportunity as a way to learn, a way to kind of introspect and to improve upon. I mean, I think everyone does agree that the soldiers who are doing the mandatory service are not being treated in an ideal way, but it's all about like how we move forward from this. I think there are definitely rooms of improvement, but if we just gloss over it saying like, oh, like I hated it and I'm not going to think about it again, nothing's going to change. And I think we like the newer generation definitely needs to have more discussions about how we're going to change it for the next generation. And I think that's a different kind of patriotism, like understanding what can be improved upon and actually making that change. I don't know. I feel like in my mind, it was never really necessarily the patriotic thing to do. It was just kind of thing to do. And I certainly didn't want to be in a position later on in life, even if I had kind of settled elsewhere where I felt like I'd left something I should have done unfinished in some sense. With that said, I felt like I was quite highly motivated during my time in the military. And I don't know if that came from feelings of patriotism. I feel like it just came from feelings of I'm in a new place doing a very special kind of experience, at least in my mind, that it's going to be very different from the rest of my life. And so I definitely wanted to make the most of it. Coming out of the military, would I say more patriotic? I wouldn't say that. And I think most people that have been in the military would say that. Finally, we asked what life was like back on campus as Princeton students who were veterans. I just realized how many quote unquote non-traditional students there are here, right? I have met a very surprising number of not just veterans, but also people that are coming, Princeton transfers, and that community has been extremely vibrant, and I would say um, edifying to my experience coming back as someone, you know, that kind of took a circuitous path through, through Princeton. For, from my conversations with people who returned to Princeton after serving in the Korean military, I think we all agree that it's a bit of a struggle to adjust back in the Princeton community because our experiences were very different from what a normal Princeton experience looks like. And I think it really helps when people at Princeton try to learn more about what we went through and what kinds of things we felt in order to really get to know us better. Because those two years, at least for me, were a very important part of my life and it changed me in very profound ways. So if people try to learn more about it instead of just dismissing it as an experience that's not for them and that they can't relate to. I think it would be really helpful for helping us adjust back to the community and also helping us share our own perspectives and enriching the experiences of the Princeton students. Before going to the military, I thought I would be lonely when I came back, especially because I left after my sophomore year. And I think my first like semester, I did feel slightly lonely, but now it's my fourth semester after going back. And what I've realized now is that a lot of people feel lost, not just because of military service, but because of other reasons. There's so many people who have left and came back during COVID for personal issues because they just couldn't stand the online learning. And I think it was a traumatic experience for everyone. And when you see that, and look around, you'll see that other people are lost as well. So I don't think anyone should feel lonely as well. International students planning to complete mandatory service requirements during their time at Princeton must take a voluntary leave of absence through the university. 
According to the director of the Davis International Center, Albert Rivera, in a written statement to the Prince, although the center has no programs specific to military service requirements, the center helps any international student who needs to take voluntary leave through the process. Adding, quote, Fulfilling military service in their home country is one of the many reasons a student may take voluntary leave. That's all for Daybreak Today. Today's episode was written by Eden Tashoma and me, sound engineered by Eden Tashoma, and produced under the 147th Managing Board of the Prince. Our theme was composed by Ed Horan, class of 22. For the Daily Princetonian, I'm Lena Kim. Have a wonderful day.